Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. In an era of tolerance and self-proclaimed love, why are we getting so angry? Why do we always feel so angry? We're talking with John Cooper from Skillet today about SOS Radio. How are you? <laughs> I'm not angry at all. I feel good. I feel happy. I'm good. <laughs> it's a great day. I'm not angry, baby. Oh, you haven't been watching the news like I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll get you angry for sure. Seriously, we've got to figure out what truth is all about because it's like everybody has their own opinion of what's true or what I feel about truth. It's so messed up. You know, it's a very chaotic time to live in. I keep, I keep laughing about it. You know, every generation thinks they live in the worst time ever. And that's, of course, not true. We're not in the middle of a world war right now, which I have a lot to be thankful for for that. Or a worldwide famine. You know, there's all those crazy things. You know, the last couple hundred years in the American experience, this is a weird time because even though we're not in the middle of a war, like major poverty in the way that, you know, we were a few hundred years ago, the foundations of the way we live are, are changing drastically. And it's happened so uber quickly. I mean, people 50 years ago wouldn't recognize the philosophy of the day that's happening in the world. And it's happening all around us. And it is seeping into Christianity, which is a huge, huge problem. And that's kind of why I wanted to write this book. Yeah, it's really interesting because, you know, we've always looked at truth as God's word is true. But today is people are feeling like, well, I feel this way about truth or my truth yeah. is. And it's so weird how we all bring this understanding of what we think truth is. And we try to apply it to other people and it just doesn't work. Yeah, it's, you know, really what you're describing there, you know, is, is called relativism. And, and I wrote about that quite a bit for people who don't know all relativism is is basically a disbelief in absolute truth. And it, it says, well, there are things that can be true for me or true for you, your truth and my truth, or things that could be true for now, but they are not eternally true. So it, everything is relative. And so once you live in that relative culture, then what you feel, you know, the way that you emote. And when I say when it's seeped into the church, that that's the problem is, is that, if we have a, a place where it's like, hey, I just don't think that's right for me and my family, uh, you know, based on in Christianity. Well, all of a sudden, how do we even know we are worshiping the same Jesus? You might call him Jesus, but if he's not the God of the Bible, that's not Jesus, right? You, you, you can call him whatever name you want to call him. But we know who Jesus is and we know what he loves. And that's not mean and that's not judgmental. Jesus himself says that if you love me you'll keep my commandments. So if you have somebody that says, well, I don't really think those commandments are for me. Well, then that should define whether you really love the same Jesus or not, you know? And I think that's a really important message. Thanks for streaming Scott Harold's podcast from SOS Radio. If, if you're one of our regular listeners, would you consider giving it a five-star rating? It really helps spread the word. We're talking with John Cooper from Skillet today at SOS Radio. We're talking about how we discern what truth really is, because we all have like our feelings about truth. And we're just talking about how we have this relative perspective. It's like, well, I don't really believe that something's absolute because I don't want it to apply to me. And I think a lot of times we feel like, oh, well, I'm questioning the truth of the Bible. But really, no, you're questioning how the Bible applies to you and calls you to live a different lifestyle and live a higher form of what you are and to grow into a better person than you actually are. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Well, you know, one of the things I noticed when this really started for me was probably like 2012. And I had been a Christian since I was a kid. I was blessed to have a mom that pounded the Bible into my head. <laughs> I mean, my mom was one of those relentless Jesus freak moms, you know, but I was so blessed and I gave my life to Christ as a kid. But after you've been in church for 30 years and all of a sudden you start hearing people saying stuff you've never heard before in church, well, that's a problem. And I was like, wait, why are they saying this? And what do they mean? And that is the reason I want to do this. I mean, I have two kids. I have uh, an 18 and a 15 year old kid. Imagine being young and being raised in a society that does not believe there is anything eternally right, anything eternally true, anything eternally moral or immoral. And the only way you can know what to do in that culture is to look inside your own heart and try to find your own inner guide and see if your inner guide yeah. can lead you. But what, what's going to happen when what you believe is right is going to hurt someone else? someone else's dream of what they think is right. And I, I tell an example of that in the story in which a Christian friend of mine who was a Christian singer, and I'm not going to say who it is, was a Christian singer, had four kids and was having an extramarital affair. Uh -huh. And he ended up leaving his family for this new relationship. I was so angry and I was like, what is wrong with you? This is what he said to me. He said, the problem is, is that I believe that this new girl is who God really had for me. And that was 2013. And that is when I, I just said, something is going on wrong because we know that can't possibly be true because the Bible already tells us what marriage is. You made a covenant before God and he has joined you together. You are now one flesh. So we know that that can't be possible. So what has made you to believe that? So all of a sudden, you know, following his own heart has led him to a place where he has just, oh, just emotionally brutalized his wife, his four children, and had one on the way, by the way. So if five kids are going to grow up without a dad because he believed God told him to marry someone else. So this is what happens in a church full of relativism. So we as Christians, I wrote this book to hopefully encourage Christians, maybe even teach some people in the faith who are actually born again about what it is that we are supposed to believe. They don't even know what their faith is. They know that they believe in God. They know they believe that Jesus is the son of God and he died on a cross, yeah. but they don't know what it means for their life. And it puts those foundational biblical orthodox things in a pattern where I think that even a teenager can read this and understand what salvation is all about, what original sin is about, yeah. not following your emotions, understanding that God has many attributes and he is all loving, but he is also a God of holiness that demands a punishment for sin. So it gives a gospel presentation. And I think it could be really great for teens and college students and people that need to be grounded in their faith. Thanks for downloading the SOS radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion and want to help the podcast grow, you can make a $10 donation through SOSradio.net or inside the SOS radio app. Thanks for your generosity. It helps us experiment with new things and keep the discussions fresh. Talking with John Cooper from Skillet today at SOS radio. The new book's called Awaken Alive to Truth. 
Now, John, we're talking about how we feel a certain way, and we apply that sort of to the way that we look at truth. And it was interesting. I was talking to my son the other day, and he was saying, you know what? Living in Las Vegas, I just don't feel like there's a lot of Christians here. And I just sort of kind of laugh, right? And he said, you know what? I just right. talked to my friends, and they say they don't really believe in Jesus. They believe in science. And he's like, I'm just trying to figure that out. And I said, well, Actually, we do believe in science. We love science. If you read through Genesis, you see like <laughs> on the different days that God separated like the water from the air and the atmosphere and the water cycle was in there, you know, the precipitation, condensation, evaporation, right. like that whole cycle, that's right there in the first day. And then he separates, you know, the light from the darkness and the land and the stars. And God sets all these systems in place and generally God lets those things play out. But here's the difference. We don't have science to tell us what to believe about God. We have God who created the earth and spoke it into existence, who tells us about the processes and the creativity and the beauty. And he put these things in place. But here's the encouraging thing is he can intervene in that anytime he wants because he's <laughs> God and he's not bound by the scientific process that puts in place that repeats itself. Right. I know exactly what you mean. It's. I think that's a fantastic way for anybody listening. That's a great way to explain that to your kid. I will add a lot to that, except to agree with you on a few points. It's so cool that the more we do understand about science, the more it shows us how huge God is yeah. and how brilliant. I mean, I know it sounds really dumb to say that God's brilliant, but we know in the book of Psalms, God gives us a picture of what it was like when God created the world. And remember that when wisdom is personified in the book of Psalms, yeah. it's like, you know, wisdom says that daily I was there as they created the depths of the seas. And, and yeah. I was there. And of course that's wisdom personified, but the idea being that God is so infinite that the more we know about science, it proves the existence of God. So I think you explained it really well. And I think that part of the problem here is that because young people are raised in a generation where they do not believe in any um, traditions, you know, they don't believe in institutions, they don't believe in being handed down wisdom, they want to find out things for themselves. The problem is, is that, truthfully, they don't know a lot about anything. So in other words, like, I want to know by myself. So I'm going to watch a four minute TED Talks video mm -hmm. on, on science, and then I'll know all about how water freezes. <laughs> you don't know that much about how water freezes. Most of knowledge is passed down through wisdom. That's what it's wisdom from 4,000 years of recorded human history that passes down. So because they don't want that, what happens is they go, well, I'll read the book of Genesis and then I'll read Darwin's evolution and I'll listen to a <laughs> TED Talks video and then I'll decide for myself which one sounds the best using my uneducated brain <laughs> and the 15 years that I've been on earth and all the wisdom I can muster to know which one is true. The Bible says that you can't find truth that way. Truth is revealed by the spirit of God. So I always encourage young people if they're in the faith and they're like, but I don't know, I'm getting all these different voices. I say, hey, it's okay to listen to science voices. It's okay to listen to your friends. It's okay to listen to celebrities, but they are underneath the supremacy of Christ. Boom. They are underneath the supremacy of the word of God. And the more those things come to light, it will prove the existence of God, which is a pretty cool thing. We're talking about being awake and alive to truth with John Cooper from Skillet, one of the best-selling rock bands of all time. And I'll tell you what, John, when we think about like how we make truth feel, 
Like to me, truth feels this way or to my experience or my identity, I feel a certain way. Do you feel like it's sort of selfish to believe in relative truth? Well, it certainly is arrogant. You know, it's it's arrogant to think that I am the center of it all. (laughs) Like we're all just here experiencing this perceived reality, which is what postmodernism teaches. So when you actually understand the philosophy of it, it's a nightmare. Nobody wants to live in perceived reality because then (laughs) if I do, God forbid, if I do have an extramarital affair, it doesn't matter because this isn't even real. It's the way that she experiences it. You know, I don't want my wife to cheat on me because there's no moral absolute. So no one wants to really live in that nightmare. So there is a certain arrogance to it that makes us the center of the universe. When The Bible teaches the opposite, and it is such a freeing worldview the Bible teaches, which is that God is the center of the universe, and he has created us just as an expression of his own glory. So he can be glorified in all the universe, and he put me into this family, he put you into your family, well, maybe your family was richer than mine, or your family was born in an easier time than her grandparents. It doesn't matter. God does what he does so that he is glorified. And he creates a design of the world that says, when you fit into my design, you are going to enjoy life and you are going to be fulfilled because you will reap the natural benefits. And that's the amazing thing. Even an atheist that hates God, if he actually just fits into the design of God and he works hard and he has integrity and he treats his employees well and he's faithful to his wife, he's going to live a life that is enjoyable because they're God's principles of reaping and sowing and it's God's principles of hard work. And those things please God actually. So if you fit into the design that glorifies God, you'll be your happiest. And we've lost a lot of those things because they really just do not want to know what you think. I don't want to know what you think, dad. I don't want to know what, you know, a bunch of old dad guys thought. I just want what I think. I just want what's real to me. I just want what I can control. It's hilarious, isn't it? It is. Uh, I wrote about those things. I tell some funny stories about myself. I was the kid that needed to touch the hot stove for myself, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. My mom's like, it's burned you. I'm like, it won't burn me. It might burn you, (laughs) but it won't burn me. How do you know? Maybe what's hot to you isn't hot to me, mom. And then sure enough, I burned the poop out of myself on that stove. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're talking with John Cooper from Skillet today at SWS Radio. What's so funny about identity is when we can wrap our heart around our true identity, it's actually freeing. But so much we get caught in the quest for our identity and we make it about me, me, me. And we forget that the story is actually about God first, not us. And when we find our identity in him, we get a breakthrough. But when we put anything in front of a relationship with God, we always go sideways, don't we? Yes, I think you're absolutely right. You know, towards the end of the book, it's kind of taking on a journey of different ways you can try and find truth. And in that journey, there's some really depressing stuff like original sin, the fact that you are born with a bias towards wickedness and you're going to do wicked things and you cannot earn God's righteousness. You cannot get it. You can't earn Mm -hmm. his favor. But towards the end of the book, it says, okay, you've heard the bad part. Here's the good part in chapter nine, the book is called Shock and Awe. And it said, are you ready to believe some amazing things that God is offering you? And that is wrapped up in identity. God is saying that you are a son of Adam, but because of Jesus, 
I can make you a son of God. It's an amazing thing that God is offering us. He will take your old identity and you will be crucified with Christ. You die and then God will make his home inside your heart. It's almost too good to be true. The gospel message is almost too unbelievable. He give you a brand new heart. The Holy Spirit will make his home inside of you. And now you will become an adopted son of God, a sibling of Jesus Christ, the king forever. You're his sibling. So in the, it does have this thing of identity. We're, we're always, we're struggling to find myself, find who I really am, be the best me I can be, and this, that, and the other. And like the best you that you can possibly be is still deserving of hell. That's just the way that it is. But the great news is that Jesus made a way for you and he wants to make you a brand new creation. That's such great news. So, so the book ends with a gospel presentation of this is what God is offering you if you will accept it. Well, very cool. Well, we're talking with John Cooper from Skillet today at Esquist Radio. and His brand new book, it's out right now. It's called Awake and Alive to Truth, Finding Truth in the Chaos of a Relativistic World. Thanks, John. I sure love talking to you. Thanks so much. I would like to say to everybody, the only place you can get the book, there's only one place, unfortunately, and that's my website, johnlcooper.com, johnlcooper.com. So thanks for doing the interview. I really appreciate it. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. These discussions come from his radio show on sosradio.net. It's a Christian radio station you can plug in with for music or conversation. Thanks for supporting the podcast.